Hello listener, Matt here. Support Ben, read his ramblings, or find further notes on this show at securitized.com, spelled S-E-C-U-R-I-T-Y-Z-E-D.com. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Sensuous Sounds of InfoSec, where we discuss all things information, all things security, and all things information security. I'm Ben Maliso. And I'm Matt Snotty. And I'm Raphael Fiedler. And this week, we're talking about possibly the best topic that we could to wrap up the year of 2022, to, to, to enter into 2023. The best topic that we possibly could, discrimination against lawyers. I don't think there's anything quite so glorious as, as this particular subject, and I think our audience can all appreciate it. Um, Matt, you brought this to our attention. You want to you wanna launch it for us and, and give the audience a, a little foundation of, of uh, interest here? Sure. So there's not a whole lot of details. I've looked at at a couple of different articles trying to see if I can get as many details as possible. So as usual, I'm sure more details will come out uh, over time. But people don't come to this show for the facts. (laughs) They come for innuendo and rabid speculation. (laughs) The the gist of the story is uh, in New York City, there's a show called The Rockettes where it's a bunch of dancing women. And a person was taking her family to go see the Rockettes show for the holiday season and was stopped after she went through security um, and was uh, uh, basically ejected from the venue. And the reason was, as she found out, was that they have facial recognition uh, during the security checkpoint of going in to see these big shows in New York. And the facial recognition recognized her as being an attorney who works for a law firm that is actively having litigation against the parent company of the Rockettes. So a lawyer was kicked out of a Rockettes show because she works for the law firm. Now the lawyer does not is not actively a litigant in whatever is going on, and they don't even say what the litigation is or anything like that, but the lawyer is just employed by the same law firm that's, that's doing litigation, and so she was kicked out. So it brings up a, a few things, you know, privacy, f- facial recognition, uh, discrimination. There's lots of different aspects to this, but that's the gist of the story. I, I I know you don't have all of the details, but was the rest of her family kicked out as well? I don't think so. The okay. story just said her, but but then I, I think that that's then, uh, you know, a, a call that she would have to make whether the rest of the family saw the show or not. Of course, of course, because like if they're minors or, yeah, I mean, you know, if, if she's the only parent in attendance and and... Um, yeah. Did they refund her money? Did that, was that mentioned at all? It didn't mention it. I would have to assume okay. that yes, because I mean, most of these venues do that, but, uh, yeah, I don't, it didn't say. Okay. All right. Um, so let's pull this one apart, shall we? Um, uh, first of all, Rafti, what's your take on this? Um, uh, maybe I want to give some little more context, what I've heard, but also okay, like, please, I please, only yeah, read I, stories and I don't have any, I like, I don't have facts. But Total what I read about it, it, go for it. Yeah, exactly. No, but what I like, what I what I read was that there were signages that they are doing facial recognition scans. Um, I don't know how this is um, around you, you two, um, like with shopping malls. I've seen uh, stereoscopic cameras in shopping malls, and they don't label them differently. So, like, I have a whole thing we can go into there. Uh, but apparently, over there, 
they were like clearly labeled as here is facial recognition software at work. You will be scanned and you will be sort of like, yeah, pro like, I don't know what they, what it says there. Okay. So there was at least notification. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but, but they didn't say we're checking to see, che checking your face against a certain database, right? They just said, we're checking your face. They didn't I say, don't know. we're checking to see if you're yeah. a terrorist or see if you're a child molester or see if you have open warrants or if you're a lawyer. They just said, we're just using facial recognition. <laughs> see, and that's funny because it's in New York. And, and what I would imagine is that um, probably facial recognition was implemented a few years ago throughout New York. That'd be my guess. And it was probably a counterterror method. That was probably how it was rolled out. And I would imagine that's where the systems all kind of... Uh, uh, th that was the inception of the programs, mm -hmm. but now it seems scope creep has gone beyond that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh gosh. If we can um, recognize terrorists, who else can we recognize? Can, <laughs> can, can I find my eighth grade science teacher that uh, gave me an F on a test? Oh, <laughs> who else is hostile to me? Well, right. there's nothing more hostile than attorneys, right? Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> So now, that, see, that's my big sticking point. It's not so much that they're doing it. Uh, and I'll harken back to, to Matt's comment in our previous show. Rockettes is a private company, as far as I know. They are allowed to discriminate against anyone or everyone, as long as it's not based on a protected class under our civil rights law. And as far as I know, at this point, attorneys are not yet a protected class. <laughs> um, they may fall under those with neurological disabilities. Um, so that may eventually go that route. Um, but uh, so all of that aside, I get, they're allowed to do this. They can choose who their customers are going to be. My question is, where did they get the database of the attorneys from the adversarial law firm such right. that it included those participants, those partners and associates who aren't even involved in the case. That right. blows me away. Uh, right. I, 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 go ahead, Rob. Do you have something? I have, we have our employees, like we ask them, but we have them with pictures on our homepage. So that's, anybody yeah. knows who's That's exactly like, what I want to say. Yeah, it's so, very common on an about us webpage that that a, a law firm, you know, any kind of company will have pictures of of the people that work there. Yeah, in fact, when I've gone shopping for lawyers, I will not select a firm that does not present the attorneys because I want to know who they are, not just yeah. their face because I'm not judging based on the looks of the attorney, but oh, on their know. bio and such. Are you saying that just that photograph on a website is sufficient to identify someone? Has the AI gotten that good? Mm -hmm. I see where you're going. No, but uh, of course, like if you already have an image and if you already have a name, like matching it to a social media profile or something, which probably has been scraped for facial recognition software, or at least this is what I would assume, um, because it has been done for, for like other AI stuff as well. Um, most of the time without consent, uh, sometimes even without the consent of the social media platform itself as well. But so if you can cross-reference this, I think you have enough information for this, you know. But that, that implies even a modicum of a level of effort, even if it's just someone saying, here's our list of targets and telling the AI, go and scrape this stuff. Even if no one had to call up the various social media sites to find the photos, you'd have to at least point the AI in the right direction. That means that somebody at some point said, let's make a list of enemies. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, yeah, of course, no, that is true. That's true. But of course, it does not need to be perfect, at least in this case. Um, we now hear about it that she was picked out because of facial recognition. But um, of course, like maybe they already saw the names on the ticket. So maybe they already had some pre-selection there. And then in the end, it was not an automated process at a checkpoint where a computer told her, please leave. But as far as I understand, it was a human coming to her and then probably checking the idea as well and then saying, well, excuse me, but you have to leave. You cannot, you're not allowed. And then maybe she asked because she's a lawyer, <laughs> probably asked and asked uh, why. And they said, oh, well, our facial recognition stuff, you know, it just told us you're here and um, we know that you're working for that company and that's the reason, you know. The interesting, like a few interesting aspects of how this would play out, I, I guess my... The, yes, the AI could be the first trigger, or it could have been her name when she purchased the tickets. What if she had a spouse and used a credit card under a different name to purchase the tickets? What if she didn't bring her ID to the show? Can they kick you out for not having an ID? I, these are the things, or, or what if I choose not to identify myself to the venue? Now, I, again, I don't know what it's like in Europe. I haven't gone to many shows in Europe for a long time. Um, but on the back of most tickets for any kind of show, whether it's a concert, a amusement park, whatever, there's a whole bunch of fine print in the U.S. And it says stuff like, we have the right to refuse you. There's no guarantee. If the weather turns bad, too bad, we're not having a show and you're out, you know. Um, I imagine there's similar things for all these venues. And now there's probably a line in there that says... If you pose a risk to our business operation, we can keep you up. <laughs> um, I, I got to ask you both. Do you see this in this particular case? Not in the general case, but this specific one. Did the Rockettes company, ah, company of dancers, company of business, uh, <laughs> did they have a legitimate business purpose for restricting her to attend? Do you think that was okay from a, from a, just a general ethics perspective. That's that's tricky. Uh, I, I I think that um, you it, it, it's entertainment. It's not like you know you're going to uh, you know enter the building with some other nefarious purpose or something like that. You're just wanting to go see a rocket show. Why on earth should being a lawyer make any difference? Entertainment's entertainment. You know, I want to go see something fun with my family for the evening and enjoy the day. But, yeah. No, I would say, I, I, like, and this is, of course, tricky. So um, I'm against identifying oneself to be part of such a show. But if I, for some reason, are willing to identify myself, uh, I'm absolute, absolutely okay with them deciding I want, don't want to serve you. So, like, from this perspective, I understand where Matt is going. Like, it, it sort of, like, depends on what it is. And, but all... In any case, I'm like, okay, and if I just have like, I don't know, um, a public viewing or something, public viewing is maybe a little bit tricky there. But if I don't want to sell somebody popcorn and you're just like, oh, but it's just popcorn, I think I should be allowed to not serve this person for like whatever reason. And you already said like there's some legal stuff with protected classes, but I have issues with this. And every time you draw a line, it's so tricky to follow it. And so I'm like, I think just personal judgment and me being allowed to do whatever I want, this is for me totally okay. Um, as a privacy person, and, and I, I have the issues with having to give my personal data and potentially my face to be allowed to get in. 
this is where I, I like that. The issue. Okay. All right. I see the differentiation there. I want to yeah. harken back on, on one of the things that we discussed on an earlier episode. We talked to Matt and I actually did a great, I enjoyed the ethics episode. And mm. one of the examples that we had is competing training companies do a shotgun marketing approach on LinkedIn and they send me these invites all the time. Come and try our training product for free. And the question is, you know, if I, as a competitor, want to go see your product for free and look around at your quality and content so that I can learn from a uh, uh, intelligence perspective what your weak points are so I can make my product better, is it unfair of me to go and scope out the competition? And I think Matt and I came to the same conclusion. I identify myself first. First, I say, I'm a competitor. You still want to let me in? You know, you mm -hmm. want me to taste the secret sauce? Um, uh, but at the end of the day, you know, someone like Burger King can send employees to McDonald's and McDonald's has no way of knowing that they work for Burger King and they can buy the product, they can test the stores, customer service and so forth. I'm kind of seeing this situation somewhat like that, where the Rockettes realize that they are being sued, that this law firm is trying to gather information about them, and if this attorney observe something during the performance that could be used in court because it is a public exhibition, even though it's a private show. Um, so I can see a business reason to not let her in. It really seems more like a dick move than anything else. More like, <laughs> yeah. more like we're going to ruin your Christmas because you're, you're suing right. us. I, I don't know. I mean, it comes across that way to me. Um, it seems very petty, but yeah. if there is one class of individuals in this world that is petty, it is lawyers. Agreed. So. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. So there's no sympathy on on my pity meter right now. Um, yeah. Okay. Now the second thing, I, I like what Rafti said. I don't want to have to disclose anything about myself in order to gain access to something that's ostensibly a, a public exhibition. I, I'm going to counter here with the dieti that we have to be concerned about the dieti. And and Matt even said, you know. Uh, if you have a criminal history, if you if you're on a, a sex offender registry, maybe I do want to discriminate against you because maybe my attraction. Let's say it's an amusement park more than the Rockettes. Rockettes seems like kind of an adult show anyway to bring kids to. Um, is uh, it? I've never seen all I've seen is. I've what's been to the Rockettes show. <laughs> I've been backstage with the Rockettes. I've interviewed Rockettes uh, in Las Vegas when they had their show there. And I was uh -huh. working at the newspaper there. Uh, and yes, it's a bit racy. It's really? not okay. as lascivious as some of the other entertainment in Las Vegas. But it, 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 it's, I wouldn't consider it something that kids would find all that entertaining. Um, it's more well, of an adult okay. oriented okay. thing. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I wouldn't think kids would find it entertaining either. Mostly just because it seems like it's a throwback to 1943. Yeah. <laughs> it has no real uh, applicability. It's that old. It's not flashy. Stuff. It's yeah. not quick it's you know that's you know there's much better dancing shows that kids would enjoy you know stomp and things like that you know yeah. um uh, it, it'd be like taking your kids to river dance you know <laughs> there's nothing wrong with it they're just not going to enjoy it all right. that right yeah um so uh, but let's say it's an amusement park and let's say the amusement park operators have a standard of care where they say we don't want to let registered sex offenders into the park would that be a moral business choice to say you do have to disclose your facial recognition and your name and whatever else, and we are allowed to cross-check that against the state databases? Is it, Rafti, would you see that as being suitable? 
Mm, I think like how it worked for, until now was that parents are still like responsible for their kids. And I think I like that system that you can stay like, or in this situation that you could stay anonymous going in, um, just buy your ticket and you as a parent have to watch after your kids. I totally agree. I, I like, I would not. And, um, as an parent, I, I would still prefer this not okay. knowing who I'm with there is, is part of the deal, you know? Okay. And, and as a, as a rabid libertarian individualist, I'm right there with you. Personal accountability sounds great to me, but now <laughs> I also have to posit the question to Matt because Rafi, you got one kid and it's still carryable. Matt's got more. <laughs> and I can imagine when you take 12, four or eight, 12 year olds to an amusement park as one or two parents at a time, that level of accountability starts to become reduced. Matt, what do you think about that? Yeah. Pre-screened? Yeah, I, I, I agree that, um, yeah, personal responsibility is one thing, but um, uh, taking more than one child uh, is another. And uh, it's such a slippery slope. I, I, I'm, I'm cautious in saying that I'm for facial recognition for, for sex offenders uh, at, at places that kids tend to go to. Uh, because it just seems like a good idea just on its face. Yeah. Why on earth would you want for, for sex offenders? Sex offenders shouldn't have a right to, to, to go to Disney world or Kings Island or, or Camden park or anything like that. Um, but I see the other side of it too. I, I don't know. I, 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 I don't think I have, I have anything against it, but then I'm also not a sex offender. I'm a parent and I, all I see is benefit to it. I can see the other side of it though. Uh, I can see where it can go, uh, badly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and as a as a as a as someone interested very much in civil liberties, that one puts me at a crossroads. That one's a tough. One. I hate the excuse "do it for the deity." Can't stand it. On the other hand, I can see certain specific applications where, you know what, I, that's that's not all that terrible. Um, <laughs> it, it just does, it doesn't rub me the wrong way as some of the other facial recognition applications would. Um, yeah. But once you crack that door, where the hell do you stop? Right, exactly, right. that's the thing. Yeah. As, that slippery slope, yeah, uh, once this technology becomes widespread, and obviously the Rockettes or their parent company have the money and, and the interest in, in implementing something like this, most places wouldn't have that type of motivation or, or funds to, to implement uh, a widespread facial recognition and, and kick out on an individual yes. basis. But yeah, exactly. That's where I'm, I'm going with this. It, it, yet, eventually, this will become commonplace technology. And then what happens if you get blacklisted for whatever reason? Not just because you're a lawyer or because you're a, a criminal or, or anything like that. What if you just accidentally get it? It's like the people who get on the no-fly list who just happen to share a name with a terrorist. They're not the terrorists, but yet they're on a no-fly list and all of a sudden they can't fly. What if you accidentally get on one of these lists? Let's let's say that there's databases that are shared among as this becomes more widespread. Everybody's using the same blacklist. And all of a sudden you can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. You can't go to the grocery store. You can't go to the movies. You can't do anything. I see an almost comedy dystopia movie here where carry this beyond the next level of threat or difficulty. And I'd say partisanship. What if you find out that I drink Coca-Cola and not Pepsi? And yeah. now all of the venues that are affiliated with Coca-Cola will allow you, but all the Pepsi ones will <laughs> disallow you. I think, see, now that would be fascinating, you know, where you right. have this sort of corporate uh, uh, um, encampment that you have to become a member of. 
Right, uh, right. And you have kids start crying. You know, Timmy, uh, my best friend, he's going to uh, to uh, uh, Bush Gardens. Why do we have to go to Disney World? Well, Timmy's <laughs> family drinks Pepsi. Uh, Timmy is a communist, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. No, but uh, I think some of that discussion has been had, like, around the CSEM scanning on iPhone. Where they were like, okay, we're doing it locally, but therefore there needs to be a list, like with hashes that all iPhones know, and that the hash then triggers like a response or something. And um, then the question does not become like, and I think you're all in very detailed scenarios now where they actually know that you're like what you are against or for, and and discriminating based on Pepsi or cola. But if it's still, if we agree, like with sex offenders or something like that, where we're like, okay, good, there's a naughty list. And um, then the question becomes who has access to it and who can put people in there. And then because it's or an island, nobody. It. Yeah, and that's true as well. Exactly. And so and this is this is a, a much more murkier water where you're like, OK, where is this going? Who is this um, against? And with stuff like that, we agree on a very specific thing for the beginning. And the slippery slope, like the next step is so close and it's so it's it's not too far away. And um, it's so very untransparent um, that it's like I that's the reason why I'm like, OK, no, I think I should be able as a as a company or as a person who's selling something to say, well, those lawyers, I don't want them. Um, because as you said, like maybe they will see something and so I don't want them near my, my things. Um, and I, I, I'm all for that, but what I'm like, sort of what I would like to see pushback. And I think it's going into that direction is to the, the requirement of stuff like that, that you have to sort of like, um, ID yourself to that degree, like that you have to like, um, be okay with facial recognition scanning and stuff like that, just to watch something like this. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah. And, and I think I think we all agree this slippery slope goes over a very steep cliff very right. quickly. Right? right. I mean, you know, now I, I don't want to go too far into a conspiracy theory concept here, but <laughs> there were there were a few apps that were very popular for a very short period of time and then disappeared. And these were online facial recognition scrapers where you would load up a photo of a subject and then this thing would go out across the internet go through the internet archives and the wayback machine and it would find every other instance and try to suggest pairings for you and these were quickly taken down uh after they were very very brightly used for a moment and i've heard some of the suggestions they got bought out by intelligence services because they were that good oh <laughs> maybe sure maybe I've heard others say they caved to some political pressure because those things tend to become weaponized very, very quickly. And mm -hmm. it has to do with the fact that a lot of people are putting a lot of information of themselves, including a lot of OnlyFans participants, Chatterbait per, uh, participants, that these things made themselves so public and so endemic that so many people had so much to lose very, very quickly that you saw it going over that cliff almost instantly, that nobody didn't have anything out there that wasn't embarrassing. Um, and I don't I don't know how true, again, that, that seems a little far-fetched to me. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, uh, the, the the whole thing with the facial recognition, it's uh, oh gosh, the, there's there, there's so many ways that this this could go, and and there are so many ways it could be used for good in the world, but there's so many more ways that it can be used for 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 not good things, and it's 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 interesting that the first real public case of this is 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 so innocuous, a lawyer going to a Rockettes show. But I think that that really is eye-opening that, yeah, this is how quickly this can turn, you know, a, a simple technology like facial recognition can turn into something as as bonkers as this situation that we're talking about. So if this can happen, that immediately, I think, gets a lot of people. I think that's part of why the story got a lot of traction is because it really opened people's eyes to be like, oh, this this could really, what, what could I be blocked in, in attending? What if I wanted to go somewhere that, you know, not even to be entertained? What if I want to go grocery shopping? And I right. live in a small town and there's only one grocery store. And that grocery store has determined for right or wrong that I did something wrong when I was 17. Yeah. And therefore I'm verboten from buying groceries. Right. I, you know, I, are we really going to create classes of citizens? Is it going to be our social score? Is it going to be that dystopian mm -hmm. black mirror episode where you're ranked according to your social media? <laughs> right. You know, um, yeah. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know, but I see the power disparity just on the cusp of occurring. Right. Um, and, but it's interesting, you know, your, your specific example. So I'm, I'm thinking of, we already have a version of facial recognition. We've had one for hundreds of years and that's just in something like a grocery store, the proprietor will, uh, you know, if they have a photograph of it, like a shoplifter, for instance, they'll put the photograph of the shoplifter up on the office or, the, or, on, or on the wall and say, you know, we don't sell to this person anymore because they shoplifted. Don't accept checks from Matt. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. Something like that. So, so we've had a version of facial recognition, but it's all been based on humans. The thing is, the power grows so exponentially once you start putting silicon and diodes and bits and bytes in the in the mix, because it becomes so much more accurate and so much quicker. And so, you know what I loved of the past two years is I'd get ID'd buying alcohol, but I was wearing a fucking mask. <laughs> What's the what is the point of that? I mean, you know, I wish I would have gone back to being 17 and using my brother's cart <laughs> to go buy stuff. Because what's the checkout clerk at the grocery store going to do if I don't want to take my mask? I have to risk my life to right, buy a, right. a quart of scotch? I mean, what the hell? I mean, <laughs> if the pandemic is that deadly, can you really force me to take my mask off? Uh, you know, right. I don't know. And will this become a new style? Will people start wearing those camouflage masks or the 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 digiblots or mm -hmm. uh, how about laser equipped glasses that mm -hmm. fry every implement? Is that an offensive act if I take a hostile act against your surveillance equipment and I burn out your surveillance equipment? Is it right. your fault for scanning me or is it my fault for launching lasers? You know, I, I don't know. I really don't know. And I yeah. think this is kind of cool. There will be counter tech. What if I wear a hat with a brim that puts different lighting across my face in order to stifle recognition efforts? Um, right. Yeah, yeah. I, that, that that leads to one of the, the first things that I was thinking of when I was reading this article was, what if she was wearing a mask? What if she was masked yeah. up and she, you know, was uh, immunocompromised for whatever reason and, and had a reason to, to wear a mask with the facial recognition have even picked up on her? Or what other uh, controls have taken taken over? But you know, in other words, was this the only control, or was this just one of several? Um, and and let's go let's go a step further. Let's say it's not a pandemic fake mask. Okay, let's say it's a respirator because she has um, some trouble with her pulmonary system. She's got to wear oxygen. Can you force her to remove the gas mask from her face? <laughs> However, temporarily. I, I again, these are fascinating. I you yeah. know.
but but this would imply that she would have to sort of like look into something but as i said like uh, the shopping malls around here at least one has them on the ceiling you know like those connect cameras from back in the day stereoscopic cameras uh, and the ceiling is sort of lined with them and you're just like as you go by they're scanning like right so it's going on in your grocery stores (laughs) it's not grocery stores it's a shopping mall but yeah no i don't know like when i saw that for the first time i was thinking about my like maybe getting some tech to sort of like (laughs) prevent them from (laughs) what are they so worried are they worried about like mass shootings or or stabbings or something you're you're in the middle of europe there are no no uh, like i have never heard of any no it's all trucks it's always trucks in europe right they always run no there has been there actually has been a shooting in your uh, like in vienna like this summer i think or was it last year i don't know yeah yeah, yeah. where'd they get the guns Okay. No, we can uh, maybe for another. Oh, no, I know. I just I find that fat. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. Yeah, we're deviating. <laughs> but but that that level of surveillance to go to a shopping mall to what end? You know, what is what is it they're trying to protect? Is it shoplifting? Yeah. Is that even much of a practice where you are? Is that a? I don't know. No. Uh, but what I think what they're probably doing, of course, is like habit tracking and looking where people are going into which shops they're going and stuff like that. Oh. Okay. So, All right. So so. Uh, that's I would consider that a legitimate business purpose to a certain extent, especially if it's not individualized. They just want to see patterns and they want to mm-hmm. know logistics and marketing. I so think. less less about security and more about monetization. Yeah, we 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 we've got all this uh, data on consumers. We want to track <laughs> how they're how they're moving, what they're looking at, how they're spending. Yeah, how long they spend in each shop, what turns their head to a certain direction. Yeah. And and of course, as long as it, like, as you said, anonymized and you still see the prices written on the stuff, everything is good. But as soon as the the the, the objects, you only see the price on your phone and you're oh, only checking in and, and you now, get an individual yeah. price. And, or, and this is basically how it is. Counter and it tells you what the price is based on your purchasing ability. Exactly. Exactly. And this is what already is happening online. Um, like, uh, hotels and flights already do I ask you the same question. Isn't that just a graduated tax system? Where if you can, the people <laughs> who can afford to pay more than the poor people who can't, you know, I, I, I don't know. But it's don't. not, but it's not just that, of course, poor people who are like willing to spend extra. And I think with gambling, we already see this. It's not the rich people who have the money who spend it on stupid stuff. It's the people without the money who, who hope for a quick return or stuff like that, who spend way too much money on stuff they should so not spend You want spend personal and individual accountability and responsibility, except when you need to protect individuals from themselves from making what you consider a stupid decision. Okay. All right. I get it. I get it. I get it. So is the lottery um, no, a tax I, I on the poor? All of the, what's that? So is the lottery a tax on the poor or is it just th- uh, th- bad decisions? I think it's a tax on people who are mathematically compromised. <laughs> which tends I mean, towards every, yeah every now and then i'll go and buy a ticket just for giggles mm-hmm. i know i'm not gonna win and i don't make a habit of it you know uh yeah yeah but uh, it's worth that five dollars for that for that small glimmer of hope that you might hit you know ten thousand where the hell are you getting five dollars i buy the one dollar oh, dollar scratchers powerball or whatever <laughs> no the powerball thingy oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. billions yep yeah. yes yeah because why not just for giggles
Yeah. All right. Um, gentlemen, I want to wish you a happy new year. Um, this has been another glorious year of sensuous sounds. And yeah. um, you've, you've, you are the part, I, I, I'm not even want to call you a part of it. I want to call you the anchor. You are the, the foundation. And I appreciate that. And I hope our listeners do as well. Listeners, go and visit Rafti at safing.io. Uh, annoy Matt at Matthew at NetworkTherapist.com. No, 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 no. Don't, don't give out my email address. I'm going to leave this out. <laughs> he wants to stay anonymous. And um, Joey's usually here. Joey's, uh, uh, go. what is it, BlueEdgeNetworks.com? Yes, BlueEdgeNetworks, okay. plural, dot com. Dot com. Go check him out. And uh, if you ever want to buy us a coffee, come to the securitized website at uh, securityzed.com and click on the buy me a coffee button. Um, we will use it to buy gasoline and uh, other flammable fuels to keep Rafti warm through the winter. <laughs> and if we reach a certain point, uh, we, we, we have a threshold that we've not disclosed. If we, if we reach a certain threshold of, of coffees that are bought, we're flying Rafti to the United States and taking them shooting out of the gun range. Absolutely. Absolutely. In my backyard <laughs> at alligators. All yeah. right. Gentlemen, take care. Until next time, I'm Ben Maliso. I'm Matt Snotty. And I'm Rafael Fiedler. Catch us again next week for another episode of The Sensuous Sounds of InfoSec. Hey there, listener. Matt here. If you like listening to Ben, Robin, Rofty, Joey, or myself, please consider supporting us at buymeacoffee.com slash securitized. Interested in training for CISSP, CCSP, CISM, SSCP, CCSK, boy, that's a lot of letters, or other InfoSec certifications, Go to Ben's website for all his training programs at wannabeacissp.com. That's spelled W-A-N-N-A-B-E-A-C-I-S-S-P.com. We are on Discord. Engage with us by searching for the channel wannabeacissp. Feedback or questions on what we discuss? Send a good old-fashioned email to Ben at benmaliso.com. You may hear a shout-out or your feedback on a future show. We're all working professionals in the InfoSec industry, so feel free to link up with us on LinkedIn. Support Rofty's company and test drive their free firewall software called Portmaster, downloadable at their website, safing.io, spelled S-A-F-I-N-G dot I-O. Support Joey's company, Blue Edge Networks, at blueedgenetworks.com. And listen to Joey's podcast called Topic of Choice at topicofchoice.com. Join us on Reddit at slash r slash ssoi underscore fans. All opinions expressed in this podcast are personal and for entertainment purposes only. They do not necessarily reflect the opinions of our companies, affiliates, employers, guests, or even each other. No advice given here should be followed without consulting with a professional for any specific InfoSec situation you may experience. <laughs>